Good evening, and welcome to Holy Trinity Lutheran Church in the Loop on this second Saturday in Easter. Alleluia, Christ is risen, and it is so great to be with you this night. We invite you, as we prepare for this worship service, uh, to prepare a bowl of water if you haven't already done so. Uh, during this service, we will be doing a Thanksgiving for baptism. So if you'd like to have that bowl of water ready, can offer you a chance to dip your hand in and make the sign of the cross on your body once we get to that part of our liturgy here tonight. But we do want to make sure that you know that we welcome everyone here without exception. We welcome everyone because we are first welcomed by Christ. We welcome one another no matter who we are or where we're from, no matter the color of our skin or who we love or marry, no matter our gender identity, our age, our ability, our documentation status, our voting record, even how we feel about organized church or religion, wherever we are on our spiritual journey. We hope that this is a time and a place where you can feel a deep sense of belonging and a deep sense of the resurrected Christ in your life. And so with all of that said, with the welcome given to one another, I invite you to take a deep breath to center your heart and mind for worship.
Alleluia, Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed, alleluia. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, with joy we celebrate the day of our Lord's resurrection. By the grace of Christ among us, enable us to show the power of the resurrection in all that we say and do through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from Acts. Now the whole group of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one claimed private ownership of any possessions, but everything they owned was held in common. With great power, the apostles gave their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as owned lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold. They laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as they had need. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God.
a reading from 1 John. We declare to you what was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. This life was revealed and we have seen it and testified to it and declared to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. We declare to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with Jesus Christ, the Son. We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. This is the message we have heard from Jesus Christ and proclaim to you that God is light and in God, there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have communion with God while we are walking in darkness, we lie and do not do what is true. But if we walk in the light, as God is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, God who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make God a liar and God's word is not in us. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Word of God, word of life.
the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told them, told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails, and if I put, and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing, you may have life in his name. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. The famous flower of Manhattan. It's one of my favorite songs by a band called the Abbott Brothers. And I love this song because if you hear it, it's pure poetry and it tells a beautiful story. It's the story of a person walking through the fields of Manhattan, the fields of cars and people, rows of concrete, paint, and steel. And this person comes upon a flower growing up through it all. After spotting this seemingly misplaced flower, this person's first thought is to cut it from its stem, to take it from the cracks between the bricks that it lay in to save it from city strife. But before such a travesty could happen, someone whispers in this person's ear, don't touch it, it loves you not. The lyrics of the song go on to say, cause bluebirds don't fly without their wings. And when we put them in a cage, the world can't hear them sing. So selfish when greed sets in, possession, the king of sin. So this person leaves the flower be. Then a day later, sees the flower on cable TV, 
And this person says, much prettier than here with me, for all the world to see. The story of this song is so compelling to me because it's even more than just a story or a song. I believe it's an allegory for life. It speaks to a more eternal truth that the more we try to possess something for ourselves, the more that we end up removing it from the public to enjoy. We end up caging it, stifling its full potential for beauty by holding it back from being whole and free. But we justify to ourselves why we should possess things. Like the person in this song says, I can save it. Or we tell ourselves that private property is necessary because we innately take better care of our things when we privately own them. And maybe there is some truth to that. But then again, there's also evidence that when we do take private possession of things, we desecrate them. I think about this any time that public land is purchased and developed. Sure, it's legal and private property in our legal system is often regarded more highly than even human life. But our own St. Paul in 1 Corinthians tells us, all things are lawful, but not all things are beneficial. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. In our first reading tonight from Acts 4, we have a vision of one of the first Christian communities. It says, now the whole group of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one claimed private ownership of any possessions, but everything they owned was held in common. With great power, the apostles gave their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy one among them, for as many as owned land or houses sold them and bought the proceeds of what was sold. They laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. This is a model of what it looks like to build one another up. But I immediately feel a knee-jerk reaction in myself to just disregard this as an unrealistic utopia that would never actually work in the real world. Like Thomas, I hear my inner monologue saying, yeah, right, I'll believe it when I see it. Like, I'll sell my possessions and give the proceeds to the community, but you first. But I think we shouldn't be so quick to write this community off as though it were just an anomaly. In our very own city, we have a community of folks that strive to live out this scripture in the 21st century. They're called Jesus People USA, or Japusa, as they're also known. And they're a community of about 200 people living together in intentional community in a 10-story building right in here in Uptown. What makes their community radically different is that they practice what is called a common purse. Under this model, no one in their community gets paid directly for their work. Instead, the money earned from their mission businesses goes into a common purse from which communal needs are covered. This ranges from toiletries and food to mortgage payments and utilities. On their website, it says, by combining our monetary resources into a common fund, we are able to free individuals to give themselves 
wholly to the work of ministry and family life. This kind of model of community, it's amazing to consider. It simultaneously fills my mind with possibility, but I also feel the doubt in my mind grow. I almost feel like it's easier to trust the resurrection of Jesus than my neighbor who might abuse or exploit the common purse to their own individual gain at the expense of the entire community. But Japusa recognizes the faith and trust that this model requires. They go on to say on their website, in this act of trust and faith, Jesus people is able to take the resources we have and together do so much more for God than we could ever do alone. In our Psalm today, it says, how good and pleasant it is when kindred live together in unity. First John goes on to appeal to the joy of intimate fellowship that we have in Christ, writing this, declare, we declare to you the eternal life that is with the Father and was revealed to us. We declare to you what we have seen and heard so that you may also have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with Jesus Christ, the Son. We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. Unity is good and pleasant in the psalm. And in 1 John, the fellowship with one another and with the triune God, it makes our joy complete. These scriptures support this model of community in Acts 4. Specifically that wholeness and freedom is achieved through a shared common good that builds up not a fractured, competitive, everyone-for-themselves system that breaks down. These scriptures and even our gospel reading today call into question whether or not we can or should even possess that which we can touch or hold in our hands. When Jesus appears to the, to the disciples and Thomas is somehow not there, Jesus ends up coming back a week later. And Thomas is then invited to put his finger in the wounds on Jesus' hand and his side. But even though Thomas is invited to experience this intimate moment with Jesus, Thomas doesn't then somehow possess Jesus privately. Because Jesus, in his resurrected form, cannot personally be commodified or possessed. Jesus died and rose again to free us all and to make the whole world whole again. Try as we may to put Jesus in our pocket for our own personal comfort or use. Jesus' peace and breath of the Holy Spirit rests on all disciples equally and abundantly. Like Thomas, we may have our doubts about whether or not we can actually trust whether or not we can actually trust our neighbors enough to hold our possessions in common. But this whole world is created by God, and we are simply stewards of it. So can we even claim private ownership of property, knowing who the source of all things is and who these things actually belong to? I preach this sermon knowing that it's likely that none of us will be leaving this service today and 
going to sell off all our stuff. But maybe today's scriptures have challenged you like they've challenged me. And in our hymn of the day today, we are about to sing, we will proclaim these words. Christ has risen forever and lives to challenge and to change all those whose lives are messed or mangled. Looking around, it's easy to see where our personal or our communal, communal lives are messed or mangled. And that might cause us to fear and to retreat into our own internal privacy, doubling down on our self-preserving ways. But the challenge of the risen Christ today is to consider what is even ours to possess and steward and what is to be held in common. Like the famous flower of Manhattan, some things are just best left untouched, undisturbed for all the world to see. The same is true of Jesus' resurrected body. It's something we are invited, like Thomas, to touch and to see and to experience, but never to privately possess. For just as Jesus was sent into this world, sent to us to share his peace and Holy Spirit with us, we too are sent to share ourselves and to share the spirit of the living God with others. That is to live as Easter people, to trust, to share, and to experience the good, pleasant, and complete joy that is built up when we are of one heart and soul. Amen.
the whole church, let us confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Alleluia! Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Joined to the water, joined to Christ in the waters of baptism, we are clothed in God's mercy and forgiveness. Let us give thanks for the gift of baptism. Holy God, you are the river of life. You are the everlasting wellspring. Blessed be God. Blessed be God. Glory to you for Lake Michigan, for oceans, for rivers, and for streams. You are the waters below us, around us, above us. Our life is born in you. You are the fountain of resurrection. Blessed be God. Blessed be God. Praise to you for your saving waters. Noah and the animals survived the flood. The Israelites escaped through the sea, and Jesus is baptized in the Jordan. Blessed be God. Blessed be God. Through this water, remind us of our baptism. Breathe your spirit into all who are gathered here and into all creation. Wash away the sin within us and drown the evil around us. Shower us with your spirit, that your forgiveness, grace, and love may be renewed in our lives. To you be given honor and praise, through Jesus Christ our Lord, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, both now and forever. Amen. On this second Sunday of Easter, let us pray for the church, the world, and all those in need. Responding, risen Christ, hear our prayer. O faithful God, grant the joy of your peace to our pastors, to all those who minister among us, and to all the baptized, especially during times of hardship. Risen Christ, hear our prayer. 
Grant the beauty of your peace to all of nature, its springtime flowers, its wildlife, its terrains. Restore waters, cleanse the air, and save lands that have been misused. Inspire us to care for the whole of your creation. Risen Christ, hear our prayer. Grant the power of your peace to the nations of the world. Halt all impulses towards violence between nations in our city streets, inside our homes. Lead our government into wise decisions concerning migrants, especially the children. Bring an end to ethnic prejudice in our land and guide judges and juries to enact justice throughout each court proceeding. Risen Christ. Hear our prayer. Grant the abundance of your peace to all agencies of care in church and government. Open our hearts to a world so filled with suffering and make us always more generous with the gifts you have given us. Risen Christ, hear our prayer. Grant the well-being of your peace to all who suffer. Visit all who are ill, especially those suffering from COVID-19, those without access to the vaccines, and those with strained medical resources. Comfort your merciful presence, those who are distanced from family and friends and all who are lonely and distressed. We remember especially those we name silently or aloud. For Maggie and Jay, for Rosella, for Chaz. Risen Christ, hear our hear prayer. prayer. Grant peace to this community of faith and embolden us for ministry in the world. Risen Christ, hear, hear our, our prayer. prayer. We praise you for embracing your people with the wounded Christ. We bless you for Blessed Mary and all who died in the faith. At the end of all things, bring us with them into your everlasting peace. Risen Christ, hear, hear our prayer. prayer. In praise for the new life you grant us in Christ, we raise our prayers to you, trusting in your never-ending goodness and mercy through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Well, I'd like to welcome everyone one more time here tonight as we are gathered on this second Saturday of Easter. Alleluia, Christ is risen. We cannot say that enough. I want to thank you all for being here, and I want to thank you for your continued generosity and contributions to our Holy Trinity community, especially over this past week of Holy Week. It's such a, a blessing to celebrate with you all, and for all of the time and monetary gifts and energy that you put into our Holy Week to make it what it was, we give you thanks. I also want to let you know that this Thursday coming up is another third Thursday with the Lakeview Lutheran Parish. This month's conversation will actually be a conversation that we've already had here at HT Loop, a conversation about reparations. But I'd invite you to attend this conversation as well with folks from all over our city, from the other Lakeview Lutheran parishes that we are in community with. Uh, it'll expand the breadth and width of our conversation, and I'd encourage you to check that out on Thursday night. 
And uh, the other thing that we will be doing up at Lakeview now is that we will be encouraging folks to sign up. We will have opportunities for in-person worship, um, up to 25 people in the sanctuary each Sunday, if that is something of interest to you. We're also going to be starting to consider what it will look like here at Grace Place to do the same. Um, so be on the lookout next week during the announcements. Uh, we will have a poll, just an informal poll, but something to give us a bit of a better sense of the pulse and uh, what people are interested in here, how many people have been vaccinated, uh, plus how many of you may return uh, to in-person worship if we were able to open this space up to say 15 folks. So be on the lookout for that poll during worship next week. And uh, I'd encourage you to, in the meantime, check out the opportunities to worship in person at HD Lakeview if that's of interest to you. And I don't know about you, but I have been longing for resurrection and this time just feels so holy and so needed in this world and in my own personal life. And so we continue now with the Lord's Prayer, trusting in the resurrection. Baptized into Jesus Christ's death and resurrection, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. God, who through the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ has given us the victory, give you joy and peace in your faith. And may God bless you now and forever. In the name of the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen.
Hallelujah. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Go in peace. Share the good news. Thanks be to God.